And welcome to another episode of the Freethinkers Podcast, the show that believes in free speech, original thought, and desire for truth. I'm Rusty Pupfark. I am here in Georgia, and we are going to have fun this week because there's some big news rolling off the press. Elon Musk just bought Twitter. The meltdown is sure to ensue, and these people are going to be just going completely crazy Hashtag leave Twitter is the top trending thing on Twitter now. All 17 real accounts on there. And uh, I, I love the the tweet that Elon Musk put. He's, we're going to kill the bots or die trying. So he is tweeting like a king. And um, I, I, I'll i tell you, my, my opinion just right off the bat, I think it's a great thing. I really do. I think it's a great thing Elon's bid to buy Twitter because I'll tell you what, this is what he tweeted here, right here. This is today. Free speech is the bedrock of a functioning democracy, and Twitter is the digital town square where matters vital to the future of humanity are debated. I also want to make Twitter better than ever by enhancing the product with new features, making the algorithms open source to increase trust. That's a big deal, and I totally agree with that. Defeating the spam bots and authenticating all humans. Great deal. Twitter has tremendous potential. I look forward to working with a company and the community of users to unlock it. That the, the 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 opening statement, free speech, is the bedrock of a function functioning democracy. We're gonna hold them to that because I'll be honest with you, I'm with a lot of different people. I've enjoyed the show because it's almost <laughs> it's been it's been entertainment, but Elon's kind of a character that we just don't know where he's at. It's been it's been really interesting because he's, I mean, one of the things that Elon is, is he controls a lot. At this point, he controls the heavens. He has SpaceX. He has Starlink. So he literally control. I mean, he's basically the privatized NASA. So when NASA wants to send something up, they contract SpaceX Elon Musk to send satellites up and Starlink is able to provide internet and ISP internet service providers to a a variety of people. His, his whole goal is to provide internet to rural areas. I said that the first time rural is a hard word to say, but anyway, I said it. And so he controls the heavens. He controls transportation with Tesla. He owns the largest electric car company around. I'm not a fan of Tesla in the sense of that seems to me like a control mechanism in the sense of it's GPS tracking. You have to get approval from Tesla to even start your car. When the whole uh, little uh, made-for-TV war was happening between uh, Russia and Ukraine, a lot of people ask Elon to disable the starting mechanisms for Tesla cars in Russia, which means they can disable the starting mechanism for Tesla cars. I'm 100% open to renewable energy and all that, but the fact of the matter is nuclear power is still the cleanest power. It it blows solar, it blows wind, it blows all this stuff out of the water. But they're shutting nuclear plants down and putting in solar plants, which I talked to a a guy the other night on a Friday, last Friday night, 
who was telling me the dirty little secrets about solar that will blow your mind. I'm going to try to have him on in a future episode. But Elon is also, he controls the heavens, he controls transportation. Next is thought with Neuralink. Because I, I looked at Neuralink's website a little bit today, and if, and if you haven't looked at it, it's, I think, neuralink.com.org, something like that. But I'd encourage you to go look at that because it's, it's pretty wild. It's almost like a cochlear implant for thought and for your, for, for your brain. And I, and I know right now they're originally doing it for like quadriplegics and people that don't have control of their arms and their legs. And it seems like a, a noble aspiration to be able to control devices and just anything with, with your thought instead of your appendages. But I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure how I feel about that. Again, my cousin has a cochlear implant, which is an implant that goes somewhere in your brain. And there's a magnetic device that attaches to your to top of your head that goes into a hearing aid into your ear. Rush Limbaugh had one. Like I said, my cousin has one. And I remember during the blackout, the, the, the huge blackout when the power grid went down, he was 100% deaf up in Detroit, Michigan by himself, had no clue. He couldn't make a phone call. Uh, the power was out, so he couldn't watch the news. And everything was out. I can't imagine what he went through at that point in time, being deaf and not being able to communicate and to sit there. And so I understand that for people with handicaps and disabilities, I know they're putting some sort of an, of an implant. I know the cochlear is an implant, the Neuralink is an implant, and there's another uh, visual implant that you, it's, it's, it's a cochlear, but for, for, for your eyes. And so basically it puts it in the, in, the, in the part of your brain that receives sight and you can wear glasses with cameras and it gives you, it's obviously not super clear, but it shapes. So someone that's blind can see a little bit like that. And so, I mean, I understand that there's definite benefits of that, but again, there's also probably a lot of evil that can be done with that too. But anyway, he's spearheading that and now he controls speech or the digital town square, which is Twitter. And again, the noble cause is that free speech is the bedrock for a functioning democracy in the future of humanity. And I know he said that in a couple of TED interviews. I know he said that in a, in, a, in a variety of settings. And it's very, very interesting how everything's playing out with this situation. And to me, I'm not going to knock it because I don't think Twitter could get any worse than it is. I mean, you're actually, I'm right now in Twitter purgatory or holding cell or jail or whatever you want to call it, because I said that males have male genitalia, females have female genitalia, and Twitter deemed that as hate speech. I appealed it. And they it's just the same day the Babylon Bee got suspended. And I appealed it, and they said that they're upholding their appeal, that indeed saying males have male genitalia and females have female genitalia is indeed hate speech. But they said, you can continue using Twitter if you delete this tweet. I said, go pound sand. That's not happening. I'll wait till Elon does that, and then I'll do it again. So anyway, I think it's, I've, to me, I'm, I'm, I'm optimistic. I'm, hope, I'm hopeful because, like what I've always said on this, we always have the freedom with our choices. Because if we're given a substance to do something with, we can either choose to do good with that or choose to do evil with that. You compare Elon Musk with who he made fun of on Twitter the other day, which was absolutely priceless, Bill Gates. 
Bill Gates, by the way, is holding a short on Tesla stock, the guy that says, Bill Gates, the guy that says he's all concerned with global warming and climate change and all this other stuff. He's betting to short Tesla, meaning it's going to fail so he can make money. Bill Gates is all about money. He has zero care in the world about anything else except himself and and making money and running his agenda. But anyway, Elon Musk made fun of him. But when you look at these these two people, and right now, we all we can judge somebody on is what they're currently doing. Right now, Elon Musk is using his fortune, he's the richest man in the world, to buy a platform that is clearly overstepping its bounds, that is censoring people for things that shouldn't be censored for, and is is using his power, his influence, his monetary ability to buy the platform and bring it back to free speech. I commend that at this point. And again, all we can, all we know is what he said. All we know is what he's tweeted and we'll hold him to that standard. On the other hand, you look at Bill Gates. He's created the Bill Gates Foundation, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. He's funded vaccinations. He's funded the World Health Organization, who, and that's no pun intended, World Health Organization, the who. But anyway, but he's gone into India and vaccinated a lot of these people where you have hundreds of thousands of people that are paralyzed from the effects of the vaccination. You look at all the people that have died from certain things that Bill Gates has been involved in. The guy is using his power, his monetary influence, not for good, but for evil, for his self-gain, instead of giving it away and doing things that are for the benefit and the good of humanity. And so at this point, to me, that's what that's how I take it, is I see as, again, I, I love Gab. I love what Andrew and the team has done with a small group. My favorite movie is Rudy. I love the underdog fighting the big, I love David against Goliath. I love just, I always root for the underdog. That's why I'm on Gab. And it's not because of the underdog. I love their platform. I love what they've offered everybody and defending free speech and to, and, to, and to come out and say, listen, good, bad, indifferent, whatever your thoughts are, put them out there. I, to me, I think we need multiple platforms like that. Twitter is the, that's where the, that's where the majority of the fish are when it comes to social media. And that's not a discrepancy against Gab. What I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to support Gab 100%. This is again, it's my home that has not changed. Will I use Twitter? Absolutely. I'm going to bring people to tv.gab.com to watch our channel. I'm going to bring people to my at puttfark at gab.com. I love Gab. I'm not changing from that. I think that there's enough for everyone around. I don't think that anyone at Gab has to criticize Twitter and what they're going to become. I think it's great because to me, People need to see truth. And again, we're, we're fighting for truth. Free speech opens up truth for everybody. Free speech opens up the ability to say one thing and have a dissenting opinion and to let people do the research for themselves to figure out where they're at and what they truly believe and where they really are on this and where the data shows you're going. And we're going to talk a little bit about some people that are really trying to Again, censor true data, 
true speech and just run it down the propaganda tank. So I think we're, I mean, I think today is a, is a huge day in the history of this country and this world. I think there's a lot of entities that tried to control that platform because I think that platform was a place that a lot of people went to quote people and to get opinions and to really see kind of where the pulse of humanity was at. But the problem is, is Twitter, based on the demographics, if Twitter was a state, it would be the most liberal state of the union by far. Because the user base by far was far, far, far left. So I think bringing it to a centrist viewpoint to mean you have far left, far right, independent. I mean, when you have a, a collective community in a, in, in, a, in a digital town square to be able to share an opinion, disagree with that opinion, argue about that, show d- data, and come to a conclusion on an independent and individual level, that's a win-win for everybody, in my opinion. So I think it's, I mean, to me, I think it's an absolutely great thing. And again, I hope and I pray that Elon sticks to what he said, because I've told several people he's either our greatest advocate or he's the Antichrist. It, I mean, there's, there's not really a gray area into that. And again, I, I like what Andrew Torba said on the podcast he was on, and they said, what are your rules for free speech? And he pulled out a pocket constitution. That's what I think you should do. And the fact is, Twitter as a publicly traded, but, you know, a company that made its decisions by its board of directors had the ability to create the rules that Twitter wanted to create. The rules that Twitter wanted to create were to promote progressive democratic ideals, to promote sexual perversion and pedophilia, to censor anything that was truth-based or that went against that. They wanted to promote a just bogus health vaccine mandate and all that other stuff. The thing is, as Twitter is being acquired, you still have one of the biggest platforms on YouTube that's still doing the same thing. So there's there there's a win here, but there's several other platforms we need to we need to win. But anyway, all that to say, that was my initial thoughts. But I mean, going back to to the to the Twitter acquisition, you know, it, the article said Twitter announced on late Monday that it entered a definitive agreement to be acquired by Elon Musk for fifty four dollars and twenty cents per share. Well, here's this is a kind of a funny thing because over on uh, over on CNN uh, CNN Plus. I just want to announce that the Free Thinkers podcast on tv.gab.com probably had more viewers than CNN Plus. I just want to just want to say that. I mean, we don't have many, but we at least didn't didn't try to. If we had three hundred million dollars to spend and all the staffers there, I think we could have made that work a lot better than CNN Plus. But here's here's the thing again: in a free market, no one wants to watch CNN. And the crap that they have on there, going to Spotify, the Obamas were not re-signed for their podcast. You know why? No one cares what they say. 
at least on a monetary policy. They don't care. They're not going to pay to listen to Barack and Michelle. Who cares what they say? They No one cares what they say. Just saying that. But anyway, um, Brian Stelter, he quoted this, and this is what CNN said. Elon Musk offered $54.20 a share. Now, all CNN could pull out was the not the five, the four twenty per share, because they said Elon Musk loves to smoke pot, so four twenty was his key in his code. And for that, I mean, if he did that, good for him. But I'm telling you, that's literally that's that's that was honestly what they said. But anyway, the deal was valued at forty four billion. The transaction was unanimously approved by Twitter's board and expected to close this year, subject to the approval of Twitter shareholders and other regulatory approvals. The interesting takeaway that I got from that was close this year because what Elon wanted to do, what he announced is he wanted to make the the, the code open source. When it says close this year, I wonder how much code is going to be wiped because in my opinion, in my opinion, there was a lot of government control on Twitter. And I'm just, I'm banking that uh, I'm I'm pretty convinced that they're going to change some of that code to get some to get the code removed that had that in there, <clears throat> because there was a lot of algorithms as far as the blocking and shadow banning and all that other stuff that I don't think when he acquires that and gets his developers in there that the same code's going to be there. Just saying, that's my opinion, that's my thought. Anyway. Twitter's board of directors initially appeared poised to do everything in its power, including adopting a poison pill to stop Musk from buying out the company with his unsolicited $43 billion offer earlier this month. However, things changed after Musk disclosed in the Securities and Exchange Commission filing last week that he had secured more than $46.5 billion in financing to take over the company, including $13 billion from Morgan Stanley, $12.5 billion from other banks, and $21 billion from himself. This is the interesting part. Musk contacted the Babylon Bee earlier this year before buying a large portion of the company after the company said that they had been suspended for a satirical article that jokingly named Health and Human Services Assistant Secretary Rachel Levine Man of the Year, which is partly what I was suspended for. Musk reached out to us before he polled his followers about Twitter's commitment to free speech. Seth Dillon, CEO of Babylon Bee, tweeted... He wanted to confirm that we had, in fact, been suspended. He even mused on that call that he might need to buy Twitter. Now he's the largest shareholder and has a seat on the board. Well, he just bought it. It's interesting because I will tell you, Elon Musk sat down with the largest Christian satire site, Babylon Bee. He sat down with them and did over an hour interview. If you haven't seen that, I think it's still on YouTube. Please look it up. It's, it's, it's a really, it's a really good, it's a really good interview and it kind of gives some insight in there. So it's kind of funny because I even joked when the Babylon Bee was suspended and, and Elon Musk is such good friends with him. I said, he's not going to like that. And dadgum, we're here and he just bought Twitter. Musk has hinted at, in some cases, plainly stated changes that would be coming to Twitter if he takes over the company, including loosening up the platform's content moderators I can only imagine if you put those content moderators in a room, what they look like. I'm, there's some multicolored hair. I can I assure you on that. Making the platform's algorithms open source 
brilliant idea. Eliminating bots and authenticating real humans on the platform. That is going to be a good thing. There's nothing wrong with open source. There's nothing wrong with um, decentralization. And again, adhere to the Constitution. Make the rules based on the Constitution. Give everybody a digital public square. If you're in the public square in any city center, you're held to the First Amendment, Amendment free speech by the, by the Constitution. Bring that to Twitter. Everything's going to be great. But you can't, you, can, you, you can't pass this over without liberals completely losing their mind. After news b- reports broke Monday about Tesla founder Elon Musk likely striking a deal to purchase, which has been finalized, as early as the end of the day, some liberals fume publicly. Race hustler Sean King suggested South African board Musk's move to buy the platform was all about <laughs> white power. Now, this is... There's a series of tweets here that they seem like satire, but they're real. These people really think this way. So Sean King, the race hustler, this is from uh, Daily Wire, said at its root, Elon Musk wanted to purchase, wanting to purchase Twitter is not about left versus right. It's about white power, white power. The man was raised by in, in apartheid by a white nationalist. He's upset that Twitter won't allow white nationalists to target, harass people, that's his definition of free speech. Yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure Elon's definition is target and harass people like that. So here's, this This is kind of funny right here. This is this is his tweet here. Elon Musk has openly called himself a free speech absolutist and said that he wants to create a space where anything can be said about anyone. That's why white nationalists are giddy today here on Twitter and other platforms that I track daily. It's dangerous. I mean, there's, I mean, stupidity doesn't even cover this, but this, this is great here. And listen, I don't even like the Democratic Party. I don't even want to know what party he likes. So for me, this isn't about left versus right. Not at all. Not at all. Not at all. It's about how the richest man in the world, son of an apartheid, raised by a white nationalist, wants to be sure his speech and that other white men isn't censored. No kidding, Sherlock. Yeah, we want to make sure our speech isn't censored. You really, I mean, this this guy really thinks to say that males have male genitalia and females have female genitalia and to get, and to get wiped out for that, that's cool? No, yeah. I mean, the guy literally tweeted, we want to be sure that he bought it because that he wants to be sure his speech and that of other white men who cares? Isn't censored. <laughs> you can't make this up. These people, I mean, literally, they don't think through anything that they're talking about. Yeah, we we, we kind of want to make sure our speech isn't censored. How many people have been censored for just the most asinine things that the wacko left deems offensive? I deem a lo- I mean I deem a lot of stuff offensive that these guys put out that these guys say but I don't freak out about it you know what I do I either turn the TV off I close the web page out or and I leave it I don't cry about it I don't freak out about it I leave it I don't come back I don't solicit that platform anymore if I'm not offended by it if I don't want to see it Just want to let you know 
I'm in Georgia. There's a train coming. If you hear it, you get extra credit. You get extra points for this. You hear that? There it is. That's the train. Anyway, Adrienne Lawrence Esquire tweeted out. This is this is kind of funny, too. With news of Elon Musk possibly buying Twitter, which he did. There's a train. Do you think there's another billionaire or tech bro out there creating a new platform in hopes of luring soon to be former Twitter users? Why leave? Why leave? You have your account established. Nothing's going to change except dissenting opinions will be able to come and challenge your lies and propaganda and complete BS. Oh, do you want do you do you want your little echo chamber of far left lies? Well, you can, I'm sure you can start that. That would be, I mean, please do, because I would definitely subscribe to that just, just to watch that show. Here's another one. Nikki Finky. This is, this is, you can't make this up. So if and when Elon Musk takes control of Twitter and turns it into a malevolent mouthpiece, where should Democrats and progressives go for free speech on social media? An existing site? Or do we start our own? Where, He's wanting free speech. That's the problem. These people do not want to have a dissenting opinion because they cannot back up anything they say with clinical data, with facts, with research or anything like that. It's all pseudoscience. It's all BS, mainstream propaganda, Operation Mockingbird. Look that up. It's the CIA's mouthpiece. All these media stations, the CIA puts out some opinion or, or some directive they want them to say, and everybody echoes it. This is what they want. They want that chamber. They want that echo chamber. They should be, they should be ecstatic that, that Elon Musk is saying he's going to like censor leftists and liberals. No. He's just going to bring back all the people that have factual data they get suspended for. Here's another one. Jennifer Merciesa or whatever her name is. When an oligarch, this is, this is, this is great. When an oligarch buys a communication platform to distribute right-wing propaganda, that's not democracy. Okay. What about when an oligarch buys a communication platform to distribute left-wing propaganda? Is that democracy? I'm sure she thinks so because guess who did that? Guess who owns the Washington Post? Jeff Bezos. He owns the whole thing. That's pretty ripe that they would say that. Anyway, all I have to say is I think it's great. I think it's amazing. I think it's wonderful that we have the opportunity to have a platform that is full of free speech, that is open. There's already one out there called Gab. I just think it's great that Twitter is going to join the free speech communication platform just like Gab. But anyway, here's a here's a quick video right now I wanted to show you. Smokes, man. <laughs> oh, you gotta have fun with this. Gotta have fun with this. Oh yeah. Well, I'm no fan of uh, 
what Trump's done lately, but he has the right to tweet what he has to tweet. They use January 6th as the biggest sham you've ever seen in your life. And the GOP here, as a matter of fact, I'm going to bring this up right now. This tweet right here. This is Robert Dunaway said, it took Governor DeSantis less than three weeks to respond to Disney. It took Elon Musk less than three weeks to literally own Twitter. The GOP stopped telling us it can't be done. You simply lack the will. Amen. That will preach. That's 100% right. You lack the will. These people have sat in prison for over a year while you just sit there and collect your money, make your absolutely asinine speeches and do nothing. There was something I heard earlier today. And when Abraham Lincoln was asked why he chose Grant as his general versus McEnany or somebody else like that, Abraham Lincoln said, because he fights. And I get absolutely fired up on this every single time because I'm sick and tired. I'm sick and tired of the GOP and the Republican Party being a bunch of lightweight, spineless, just weaklings that won't fight. These people are literally sitting in gulags. They're literally sitting uncharged. They're literally sitting just unconstitutionally and you've got the entirety of the GOP that's doing nothing. Nothing. I think you had two senators or two Congress people, Marjorie Taylor Greene, and I think it was Matt Gates that went in there and visited them just to check on them. The rest of the people, nothing. Again, if they're guilty, charge them. Put them in a court of law. But the Constitution says you have the right to a fair and speedy trial. There's nothing speedy about this. This is political prisoners in the United States, which is against the Constitution, especially, especially for U.S. citizens. I listened to a podcast coming up here last night, uh, the verdict with Ted Cruz and Michael Knowles. And one of the, he was at the University of Alabama, one of the students asked him about Gitmo and how they could keep people in there that weren't charged with the crime. These terrorists that were in there weren't charged with the crime and just can keep them indefinitely. Well, Senator Cruz responded. He said, the constitution is not for for foreign nationalists. The constitution is for American citizens, which was interesting because to me, I took that as if you're a foreign national that is trying to attack the United States of America, the Constitution doesn't apply to you because it applies to U.S. citizens. Therefore, you can keep people detained without charges in, in a military prison like Gitmo. But if you did the same thing to American citizens, the Constitution would apply to them, and you shouldn't be able to do that. I don't know. I, I seriously doubt anybody that's in the GOP or anything like that listens to this. But if you are, grow a spine. Give these people a fair trial. I 100 support, 100, 100% support the efforts of January 6th. I 100% 
supported a peaceful protest on the Capitol. I 100% support not validating the votes when all this crazy stuff was going on. The Capitol Police let these people in. There's video evidence of it. There were CNN Antifa people embedded in this, ginning this up. There were over 20 FBI agents embedded in this. This came out from a Freedom of Information request. The FBI stands for Federal Bureau of Insurrectionists. It's a complete and total joke and a disaster, and the GOP is not doing a dang thing about it. Disgusting, despicable. As I said on the last podcast, I don't care if any of them win. They're jokes to me. Jokes to me. Every single one of them. I I mean, I support the ability to protest. If you don't, you're screwed because America's built on that. There was a lot of people, the, the country was built on protesting and fighting back against power run amok from England. Coming over here was a protest. And we take it. We take it. I know one of the things I was extremely excited about in the last podcast was the mask mandate that was lifted. But here's an interesting article. Legal defense of mask mandate necessary to preserve the CDC's power. I've said this all along, that the masks were nothing about health and 100% about power. Now, this is an article from... uh, Jen Psaki and what she admitted. The White House on Wednesday said President, or sorry, I'll repeat that. The White House on Wednesday said former Vice President Joe Biden's administration would continue to defend mask mandates leveled by the Centers for Disease Control, despite airline passengers celebrating a court ruling effectively ending them. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki defended the two-week extension of the mask mandate on planes and public transportation, arguing the CDC felt they needed that to examine more data about the coronavirus pandemic. They felt they needed to extend that to do that. She said the Justice Department announced its willingness to defend the CDC's mandate to help preserve the agency's power over public transportation. I'm going to read that again. She said the Justice Department announced its willingness to defend. The Justice Department defended the CDC, not a government entity, a privately funded scientific community that they call the scientific community, but it's privately funded. The Justice Department defended a privately funded entity's ability to mandate to help preserve the agency's power over public transportation. They want to give a private entity power over public transportation. That's crazy. She said, I mean, our focus here was seeing what power we had to preserve what we felt was in the public health interest in our country, what power we had to preserve. This is about preserving power. Said this since day one with these face diapers, preserving power had nothing to do with health. I read the study earlier, 97% of particles go through there. You're supposed to wear a mask on airplanes to help protect everybody from, from the virus. You know what's supposed to help you prevent from the virus? The freaking vaccine. Vaccine, I'm doing air quotes here. 
That's supposed to help prevent you from this virus. But the vaccine doesn't work. That's why they're still pushing this. For current and future health crises, we want to preserve that authority for the CDC to have in the future. We want to preserve that authority for the CDC. So here's the thing. For current and future health crises, we want to preserve that authority for the CDC to have in the future. We're also saying, I mean, our focus here was seeing what power we had to preserve. So they're talking about power. They're talking about authority. They're talking about defend a CDC mandate to help preserve the agency's power over public transportation. We're proven right again and again and again. The longer this thing goes, the more right we're proven to be. It's about power. That's all it's about. I know they're in the middle of a appeal on this, but I can't imagine what's going on with that. Well, I hate to say this. I hate to even play this because this guy just makes me absolutely sick. But I want you to watch this video right here. And yet, despite the fact that we've now essentially clinically tested the vaccine on billions of people worldwide, around one in five Americans is still willing to put themselves at risk and put their families at risk rather than get vaccinated. People are dying because of misinformation. Where do you start? Where do you start? Um, people are dying because of mis misinformation. Well, I think one of the takeaways is clinically tested billions of people worldwide. He's admitting this was a clinical trial. What have we said all along? You guys are the guinea pigs. You guys are the lab rats. You're literally the lab rats. He just said that. One in five won't get vaccinated. This guy, not doing it, not doing it. Obama, well, he, here's, here's the thing. He, he's promoting now a new role in censorship because he said millions of people are dying because of disinformation online. This is kind of tying back into Twitter. I think they're seeing that the, the COVID deal didn't work. I don't even know what, how you describe that. Although misinformation campaign, propaganda campaign, um, complete fraud, complete lie. None of that worked. Then you have the made for TV war with Ukraine. That's completely off the news now. That didn't really work. Although there's still people with their little flags and stuff like that. But anyway, he made this speech the other day. Obama's expected to add his voice to demands for rules to rein in the flood of lies polluting public discourse. Again, they're going to have to put this out as a proactive measure because now the fact is, is if Twitter truly is a free speech platform, the doctors that were censored are now going to be able to come back to Twitter to bring life-saving information, life-saving data, clinical, double-blind, peer-reviewed studies which we were censored off of platforms like YouTube for even putting out there. So he's out there doing his little dog and pony show trying to make this thing happen. In private meetings and public appearances over the last year, the former president has 
waded deeply into the public fray over misinformation and disinformation. Now, this guy is the king of misinformation and disinformation. I mean, Operation Fast and Furious, where he's arming Mexican drug cartels with weapons that come back and kill United States ranchers. He and Eric Holder are doing all this crazy stuff. They actually, he's talking about all this other stuff about open borders and all this other They called him the deporter-in-chief. I mean, this guy's the king of lies and disinformation, warning that that scourge and falsehoods online has eroded the foundations of democracy at home and abroad. No, the fact of the matter is, is being able to combat misinformation with clinical data instead of just follow the science. Those are three words I'm telling you. You look into this. The CIA, the Operation Mockingbird, the mainstream media, they, they find these short little phrases that really... Um, like follow the science and don't say gay and all this other stuff because they understand that people can't, they, they don't understand anything intellectual at that point. They're emotional. Follow the science. Hey, I'm not an educated person. I'm going to follow the science. Yeah, they say follow the science. They must be following the science. Don't say gay. Yeah, the bill must say you can't say gay in school. We're going to go against that. Are you going to read it? No, we're just going to go along with what the mainstream media says or what the former president says or what the, you know, who knows, the the lauded Fauci that Trump put in there says. Anyway, last month, Obama spoke in an event organized by the University of Chicago and the Atlantic. That should give you little pause right there. Obama said during the speech that social media companies should censor what we don't think are good for democracy. Now, he told that platform that he thought he was a free speech absolutist. Now, does a free speech absolutist says we should censor what we don't think are good for society? It is, I think it is reasonable for us as a society to have a debate and then put in place a combination of regulatory measures and industry norms that leave intact the opportunity for these platforms to make money, Obama continued, but say to them that there's a certain practice you engage in that we don't think are good for society. So now we're going to make free speech rules, not by the Constitution, but what Barry Satoro says. You, you, you truly can't make this up. On Tuesday, Obama took to Twitter to, to suggest that censorship is needed to prevent real challenges to Washington, D.C. establishment. Okay, I don't think that that's right, that censorship is needed to prevent real challenges. So now, I don't think that's good for society. So Barry Satoro, I don't think that's good for society. I think that should be censored. Your tweet, can I censor that? In recent years, we've seen how quickly disinformation spreads. We have. We have seen how they say that get vaccinated. We have seen Tony Fauci say, and and, uh, former Vice President Biden say that if you get the vaccine, you will not get infected, you won't transmit it, you won't get hospitalized. Yeah, we, we truly have seen how fast disinformation can spread. You're not wrong about that especially on social media. I'll, I'll echo that 100%. 100%. We've seen how fast it can spread. We've seen how fast your lies can spread. 
We've seen how fast the lies of Russian misinformation can spread. You spied on President Trump during his campaign. We've seen how that information can spread, especially on social media. I'm done with him. Done with him. And we're almost done here. I'm going to tell you something. Speak freely. Your voice matters. And we have the ability to change things because no matter what you think, no matter what we think, individually, we can control our own happiness. We can control our own life. And we can control a lot of things around us. We have the ability to make other people, other people and other people's lives better. I'm going to show you a quick video right now because I encourage you to do good. Watch this real quick. Excuse me. I'm so sorry to bother you. I left my wallet at home and I'm trying to get my daughter's socks. Do you have like $2 to help me pay for these socks? I'm yeah, three dollars. Uh, three dollars. Do you have two dollars by any chance? No, I can pay for them for you. Are you sure? Can I ask why you said yes to me? Why I said yes? Yeah. It's ble more blessed to give than receive. What's your name? Pat. Thank you so much, Pat. I'm Zach. Nice to meet you. Before you go, Pat, what I was doing, the first person who said yes to me, I was blessing them with five hundred dollars. For real? This is for you. More blessings to receive, like you said. Thank you, Jesus. Can I give you a hug by any chance? You sure? I'm dead serious. Thank you so much. Glory to God. It's more blessed to give than receive. So true. So true. Be a giver this week. Do something good. Change someone's life. Make them happy. We're in such, we're in such a place right now where there's just, there's so much good news on this side. There's so much bad news on this side. Balance it out. Be light in this world. Be the salt of the earth. Do something good. Bless somebody this week. Make them know that there's somebody out there that cares. Make them realize there's somebody that can make a difference in their life. And give them hope. Because that's what we need. We, need. we need a missional purpose in our life. Like I said, we need to have deep meaning in our life. And that's, that's your meaning. Every, if you don't know what your meaning is, if, you, if, if right now you're struggling to find what meaning you have in your life, you know what it is? It's to give. It doesn't have to be money. Give it yourself. You got time, talent, treasure. You got all these things. There's something deep within you that somebody wants to know that you don't, you probably don't even think you have that ability inside you. Give it your time. There's so many people that are going through so many hard times and struggles. We're just blessed to be here. We're in America. We hit the lottery, number one. Even with all the crazy stuff going on, we hit the lottery. We're here. We can go out and do anything we want. If we get wiped everything out tomorrow, we can start over and probably be a success soon. Just be a giver. Have a lifestyle of giving. Change someone's life. I promise you that it come back because it is far better to give than to receive. But if you give, I promise you, you'll receive. Have a wonderful week, and we'll talk to you tomorrow.